Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Hey guys, this week on the Animation Station Podcast, we talk about our trip to Wizard World OKC. Now, the audio does sound a little bit weird because we were on the convention floor while we recorded it because we wanted that special convention ambiance. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to a special episode of the Animation Station Podcast. My name is Josh. My name is Corey. And today we're going to be talking about our trip to Wizard World OKC. <laughs> Alright, so Corey, this was your first convention, yeah? Yes, it was my first one, and overall I was pretty happy with it. Nice. Now, um, I know I primarily went for uh, Thomas Estrada and look at some of the art and the panels. Like, what all did you do? Uh, I went for a few of the panels and then a couple of uh, photos with... Um, James Marsters, who was Spike from Buffy and Angel, and Piccolo from the Dragon Ball movie. <laughs> um, and then also, my wife and I got photos with John Barrowman, who is Captain Jack Harkness from Doctor Who, Malcolm Merlin from uh, Arrow, the Arrowverse, and other many great things. Now, the most important question that I have for you, how does John Barrowman and James Marsters smell? They smell great. Uh, James Marsters has really soft hands. I was very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's all we needed to know. Um, now, what? Now, you did you hit up any panels? Yes. Uh, saw the panel with um, Ray Park, who was uh, Darth Maul in Star Wars Episode One, and he was amazing. Wait, hold on. We forgot his best role as Toad in X Men. No, Darth Maul in Episode At, One. Oh. <laughs> okay. And uh, he was awesome. He was really funny. And there was actually a kid who was dressed as Darth Maul. He brought him up on stage and then taught him a Sith secret where he had the kid raise his hand out to the crowd and make the entire crowd stand up and sit down and sway left and right and up and down and up and down and up and down. That's awesome. Now, for your first convention, what did you think? Like I said, I don't have any other experience before uh, with conventions, but overall I enjoyed it. Uh, there were not as many vendors as I expected, but it's also, it's kind of a smaller convention. And, and it's the first convention for... In OKC. In OKC, so... Exactly. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the vendors that we did have, I was very happy with. I got to, uh, meet one of my, I got to meet up again with one of my favorite artists, uh, Alan Grimes. Uh, my wife and I bought more of his, uh, his prints that he has, and we will continue <laughs> to buy more. Um, I met with another... Uh, I do I do not remember their name, but we got a couple. Uh, I got a wooden cutout of Slytherin because well I'm a Slytherin so <laughs> lame. And uh, my wife got a TARDIS, little tiny wooden, almost like a Christmas ornament TARDIS type thing. And then the last thing that we bought from somebody was. Somebody by the name of Dennis McDonald, who's an author, but he also did uh, custom D&D landscapes. So we bought a few little pieces for that and stuff, which we will be using soon. Which we will be using tonight in D&D? Are we going to use any tonight? It depends where you guys go. <laughs> but yeah, as for that, it really, I guess we'll just see. I have a couple different uh, 
sets that I got from him, and he was really awesome. So, I mean, check we'll, him out. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And we'll put uh, a link to uh, Alan, right? Alan Alan Grimes. We'll we'll put Alan Grimes's link in the description, and we'll put Dennis McDonald. We'll put Dennis's name in the description as well. And the last thing that I did was a panel for John Barrowman, which. If you ever go to a con and John Barrowman is there, just do whatever you can to make his panel. He wore a TARDIS onesie and high <laughs> heels. And was it was an hour of some of the funniest and amazing things I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Okay, so there's one more thing I, I want to hit up before we go to our, our main topic. Wild Bills. I went twice. So I went Friday, Saturday, so I was able to get two drinks. Mm-hmm. And with them, you, whenever you bought one of their barrels, pretty much, yeah. big, huge, awesome steel mugs, you got free refills the whole weekend. Or, sorry, re- free refills the whole day. Yeah. So I got one Friday and got one Saturday. Did you hit that place up? I had your drink. Yes, I, you I, did, I, yeah. <laughs> I did not buy uh, my own because I already have way too many cups. I wanted these just because these are going to be like my new D&D mugs because they're substantial mugs. Yeah. Probably my highlight of the whole entire weekend was probably Wild Bill's and the Grape Gatling gun. Nice. <laughs> it was so good. I'll stick with Guinness. <laughs> you stick with Guinness? Oh, you can put the Guinness in there. That's true. All right. So for our main topic, I got to sit down with Disney and DreamWorks animator Thomas Estrada. And Thomas has worked on... Uh, such awesome things as he worked on God of War 2, he worked on um, Uncharted Drake's Fortune, The Prince of Egypt, Treasure Planet. Lots of things. All kinds of cool stuff. And we're going to play you that interview right now. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. <laughs> All right, guys, we have a special guest episode today. We have the very talented Mr. Thomas Estrada. How you doing, Thomas? Doing great. I'm glad to be here. All right, now... First off, uh, just a little brief, can you tell us what you do for a living? I'm a uh, character animator. Um, I've worked in feature film and video games, and uh, right now I'm a full-time freelance artist doing commissions and custom art and teaching a lot of Comic-Con stuff. Nice. Now, how'd you get your start in animation? I started in 97 on The Prince of Egypt as an in-betweener. I kind of met the right person at the right time I was very fortunate to literally kind of stumble into it I I was not pursuing animation at the time I was I'd grown up drawing doing a lot of art but I wasn't didn't have a lot of confidence and wasn't sure if it was anything I could do professionally I honestly didn't know it was a real career that anyone could have Um, and then I we, we we were at a family reunion at my wife's for my wife's family and we met a animator, it's like a third cousin of hers that worked at Disney. Oh yeah. And so I had asked him, I told him I was interested in drawing, but I didn't know if I was any good. And he was just the super nice guy that just kind of took me under his wing and said, you could totally do this. I had no former formal training, really? no college, no art school. I was uh, literally working um, in pest control at the time, <laughs> I was killing bugs. And I just, you know, I, I, I enjoyed drawing, 
he started teaching me the basic kind of entry level, uh, which is in between, just drawing the drawings in between the, okay. the key drawings. So kind of like backgrounds and, you know... It was uh, character like, stuff. Like, oh, character stuff. It was okay. character, but it was like your boss would give you drawing number one and drawing number ten, mm -hmm. and you would do the in-between drawings to make the character move across the screen. Oh, okay. And so he was teaching me that on the side. Uh, he, was, he was bringing home Xerox copies of Fantasia in having me do in-betweens for scenes that he was working on. And then from there, we put together a portfolio of drawings of stuff that Disney or DreamWorks would be interested in seeing in a portfolio. You would think it would be a lot of cartoons, but they really don't want to see cartoons. They want to see life drawings of people and animals and how well you can do gesture drawings because those two things are so difficult to draw, humans and animals. Mm -hmm. They know if you can get that down and do it really well, everything else you can draw. It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a problem. And so I put together a portfolio of humans and drawings and um, my cousin, Larry, uh, my wife's cousin, helped me put together a portfolio. I submitted at, at Disney in 97, but they were just finishing uh, the Hercules film. So they okay, weren't yeah. really hiring anybody. But there was this brand new studio down the street that was just opening up called DreamWorks. And they were making a film called The Prince, Prince of, Egypt. of Egypt. And so I submitted my portfolio there, got a call back to come in and take the in-between test, which is what I was learning. And... Um, all of a sudden, I'm working on this film, drawing Moses for a living, That's and it awesome. was just incredible. I couldn't believe it was just a dream come true. Now, um, so you've gone from movies to video games mm -hmm. most recently. What was that switch like, going from you know doing feature films and then into you know just doing the video games. games? Yeah, it was um, you know it was out of necessity at the time. You know, feature films can be very up and down. You can work on a film, and if the studio doesn't have another film ready to go, you can find yourself out of job, you know, out of work, looking for to get onto another film, perhaps. And so I was kind of in there, and so I ended up getting into games because they were hiring. They wanted animators, and I was happy to just keep working. And so I got into... And you already had that Disney street cred, so... That helped. Yeah. Being able to have some feature film credits helped me get into game stuff. Uh, I worked for... My first game studio was with Technicolor, of all places. Technicolor actually had a small contract division, um, game division, where really? basically we were picking up work from all different developers, usually at the tail end of development when they needed help to get stuff done. Okay. And it was mostly cutscenes and cinematics little bit of gameplay but mostly cutscene type stuff and so studios like Naughty Dog and Sony mm -hmm. they would come to us uh, Epic or whoever it might be would come to Technicolor and ask for us to help finish their games and so I found myself working on a variety of games like uh, Uncharted, Drake's Fortune and Gears of War 2 and Saints Row 2 and then you'd suddenly be working on Spyro the Dragon the, <laughs> and then, so it was a little bit of everything um, working at a place like that until I eventually ended up back at Disney with uh, Disney Interactive doing uh, Disney Infinity uh, I was on that game for about six years um, the difference mainly is um, how responsive the animation is when you're working on a feature film the audience doesn't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so when you do a character throwing a punch, you're going to want him to do this big anticipation where he really winds up and then throws the punch because that anticipation is going to help the audience to see what's going to about to happen. Yeah. Video games, you know what's going to happen because, because you're, you're controlling it. Okay. You're hitting the button. 
So if you hit a button in a video game and he does a big wind up, it's just gonna feel so slow like it's in the mud. You want it to be responsive. So the animation style is definitely faster and sharper. So when you throw a punch, he's gonna throw it immediately. Okay. And that goes against what an animator wants to do. They want to do the big wind up. Yeah. But in a game, you can't have that because it's going to feel horribly sluggish. And so you have to learn to chop the first chunk of all your animations out to make it feel more responsive. Now, you do a lot of art as well now. So, yeah. I mean, with the video games and everything like that, what is your main art influence? Um, it's definitely, you know, more animation centric because of the films I've worked on coming to a comic-con or doing a show my art you know people like to see that stuff yeah maybe no sketches of you know the arch the tree off or anything like that right. maybe <laughs> they want to see stuff that I've worked on you know they see my credits oh you worked on new groove you know they, they want to see, see drawings Yzma, of yeah. Yzma and Cusco so I do a lot of stuff that's geared towards that you know a lot of my style I do you know I'll do my own take of Moses or my own take of Cusco and um, and so people like to see a lot of that stuff you know and I, I don't want to give them I want to give them what they want to see you know and so I do some original stuff a lot of it is stuff towards animation because that's kind of my background and that's the stuff that you know they're 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 excited to see you know when they see an animator Disney animator that worked on Treasure Planet, they want to see some they cool Treasure Planet yeah. art. And so it's a lot of that type of stuff. Now, do you have a favorite um, animated movie? Not just that you've worked on, but just like, what's your favorite animated movie? My favorite animated, as far as just art is concerned, um, Sleeping Beauty is by far. Yeah. I mean, just as far as the scope and the scale, the widescreen, the beautiful art, you know, when you see stuff like Maleficent and Aurora and just those designs were so beautifully detailed and the way they move, to see Maleficent move in that headpiece that she has with the horns, mm -hmm. it's so solid, it just feels so cool. It was just very stylized with those long lines, the way they designed those characters. I love her um, face too, it's a very angular, angular face. Angular! Yeah. And that's so difficult to do in hand-drawn animation because you have to, the animator has to be able to keep that solid angular shape rotating around. It's not like CG animation where you have a model and yeah, that's just, just rotating yeah. around. They're drawing that moving around, rotating around. It's so difficult to do. And so to me, that movie just is, is just incredible. What about a video game? Video game, you know, it's funny. Um, for as long as I've been in games, I've been in games probably since about uh, 2005 or six. I don't play a lot of games. <laughs> um, I, I really like the, um, you know, I'm trying to think of something that I really enjoy. I really loved working on Infinity because of the wide range of, of characters that we got, that you to, got do. to do. Yeah. Being able to animate Marvel one day, you're working on Iron Man and Hulk, and then the next day you're working on Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck, and then now the next day after that, you're now working on, you know, uh, Luke Skywalker. To be able to have that variety, I don't know if I'll ever see that again. Um, and so I, I really appreciated just the sheer variety of animation styles that I got to do. Awesome. Um, now, dream job. What's what's your dream job to work on in the future? You know... So, say Disney comes over and they're like, all right, dream job. What do you want to do? You're lead everything now. Uh, what, what, do you, what, are you gonna, what do you want to tackle? You know... I feel it's it's it sounds stupid because it's like how could you not have one? Hold I feel like, like sorry. Yeah, that's really. 
for Jason Mews. Go over and see Jason Mews in the booth right now for this very special dedication to Jay. Thank you. Awesome. I would say I would say my dream job, and it, it sounds silly, but I feel like I've done everything that I've wanted to do so far. Um, you know, you think about feature films. I got to work on Treasure Planet and Emperor's New Groove. I got to work on games like uh, Drake's Fortune. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney Infinity to me was like the dream job. Just again because you had all these different properties that we got to tackle. I would have loved to continue to see what Infinity would have done in the future. We were doing, we were talking about doing stuff with Jiminy Cricket, more classic characters. Yeah, when I was uh, when I caught your panel, you guys were talking about having Jiminy Cricket. Was he going to be like? He was going like to be an, an intro. intro. Yeah. yeah, and we were going to do a whole sequence of him introducing the game and introducing um, gameplay and stories. We were going to do stuff with, um, we were going to attempt, we were talking about doing things like hand-drawn style, like Cuphead, if you've seen the Cuphead yeah. game, style of side-scroller, um, using hand-drawn classic Mickey stuff, you know, from Steamboat Willie and Maybe Plain Crazy. Oh, he's, he's live. Oh, it is. So... Th- that's yeah, kind of the, that's kind of my to me that that would be the dream job would to would be to have continued seeing what they would have done with Infinity with the more characters more classic stuff. Um, I would have loved if they would have continued that, but you know, such is life. Yeah. Would you like to see them go? You know, I mean, especially with Disney, would you like to see them incorporate more of their uh, like television stuff in there? That like, would have been like, cool. if, if they would have continued. Yeah, I think it would have been cool to see. Um, you know, they, they were talking about doing more stuff with, um, I'm trying to think of some of the shows, like Kim Possible or oh, yeah. some of that fun stuff What might have been really neat. I'm not real big on all, a lot of the TV stuff that they, that they have, um, but it was just, it was one of those things where we had just this huge library yeah, the, of everything to catalog, use yeah. and it would have been neat just to see what new stuff would have been coming up and what classic stuff we could have done you know we were talking about doing more stuff with jungle book and that type of stuff would have been just awesome you know so yeah, cool, yeah that would have been really cool to see all right now uh anything upcoming before you know anything upcoming you know that you're that you want to talk about um you know it's it's um after doing game and film working for studios for 20 years i've literally for the first time am now on my own i'm doing freelance stuff that i've never done before it's it's incredibly exciting and terrifying at the same time to be working for myself but um that's kind of my upcoming stuff right now is doing more shows Uh, i'm going to be doing more comic cons I've been teaching a lot. I'm doing a lot of commissions. I'm doing um, just that. A lot of my own stuff I think is really fun, exciting. So I'm looking forward to just exploring what new stuff that I I can do on my own. Awesome. Now, uh, one last question. This is a very important question. What is your stance on shortbread cookies? Like, like them, love them. Shortbread them. cookies? Yeah. I love shortbread cookies. Love shortbread cookies. Oh, okay. I like them because they're not too sweet. I don't have a crazy sweet tooth. And so though that's almost one of the perfect cookies because it's you feel like you're still eating a cookie, but I don't have the sweetness that I that you would get from like one of those pink or white oh, circus cookies with yeah. the icing. It makes me want to puke. And so <laughs> the shortbread to me is like it's a nice combination. Awesome. Now Thomas, where can everybody find you? Like find your art. 
You could find me anywhere on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. If you just look up uh, Art of Thomas Estrada, uh, you'll find me all over the place. I've got stuff on, on social media on any of those. Uh, you'll, you'll see me there. Awesome, and we'll put all that in the links. Thomas, Very thanks good. again for coming on. It was, it was super awesome. It was my pleasure. It was a lot all of right. fun. Nice meeting you guys. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Animate Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes and join the conversation at SecretSuperheroClub.com where you can connect with our podcast friends, Cloud City Cast, Getting Into Comics, and Sean of the Gathering. 